I'm like, well, you told me to go a little longer. I was trying to help you. So <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, it's good to see everyone. I made it on time again today. I'm doing very well. And then we sprung forward. Yeah, two weeks in a row. But um, anyway, I have this. I, I didn't know which way to go. I always want to encourage you. This is usually like an offering time. And now everyone's given online. So you don't have to sit there and let Holy Spirit, you mean you should be telling you all through the week anyway, and not anything that we need to demand from you anyway. It's just we give you the moment to be able to give. And you can still do that, and the kiosk is in the back. It's behind the corner there. Um, but anyway, uh, what I always like to encourage, and I saw this on um, a reel, and it, and it really wasn't anything spiritual, but it really was because you know how you can see things, and you're like, oh, man, and God can speak to you, and Holy Spirit can speak to you through things. And it was kind of profound, and you probably, maybe you've seen it. I don't know. But anyway, the question, and I brought my water bottle up here, is how heavy, how much, um, how heavy do you think this bottle of water is? You know, I mean, it'll tell you on there, but, you know, people can think, you know, maybe. Right. Well, the, it doesn't, um, really doesn't matter how much the, the water weighs. It just depends on how long. I hold on to it, you know, and after a few minutes, it doesn't really matter, but if I sit here and hold it for about an hour, my arm's going to start to ache, and if I hold it all day, it might become numb and paralyzed, and I can't move, you know, and so no matter what you're going through today, and I like these songs, um, th these little things, God wants, you have divine permission to set your water down, the bottle down, your anxiety down. So the weight hasn't changed in here. It just depends on how long I hold on to it. So those little things to me might not be that big to you, but those little things can start to weigh me down when I don't let go of it. And it's okay to think about just for a little bit, but if I carry it too long, then it's going to be paralyzing to me. And I might not even realize it as I walk through life. And then it becomes that root that grabs hold and so other things are manifesting out from that, and it's all because of that little thing, you know, that you might be holding on to. And then other people have big things that they're holding on to, but I just want to let you know. And First Peter, he says, casting, First Peter 5, 17 says, casting all our care on him because he cares for us. And, you know, it's not that when we cast our care, we're never going to have any more care. What he's saying is he cares for our cares, and he walks alongside of us to carry that. And, he, you know, we labor into inner rest. Sometimes it's a challenge to enter into rest because we want to hold on to it. And, but he says, come unto me, those who are heavy burdened. Um, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And I'll show you how to take a real rest. And he's yoked up with us as we walk through it together. And as we humble ourselves, and that's, you know, the three verses before that, he says, humble yourselves before the mighty hand of God because he'll exalt you. Well, if you think, well, I can take care of this, then, you know, God resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. But, um, you know, his grace is always flowing. And it's like when we humble ourselves in humility, it's like the door opens up. It's a divine opening for grace to continue to come in where he's going to help us through that. And another scripture is Psalm 139. And I just want to read it really quick. Not the whole thing because it's long. But 
um, like I did the last time. <laughs> but I, and just sitting there, I just went to the Passion Translation, and it's really good. And it says, Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. You perceive every movement of my heart and soul, and you understand my every thought before it even enters my mind. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book, and you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step I will take before the journey even begins. You've gone into my future to prepare the way, and you, your kindness follows behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. And you have laid your hand on me. And I like that. I mean, he's already gone before us in the future. We were even a thought. And as you continue reading that, he already knew everything about us. So he knows us intimately. He knows our heart and our soul and his mercy and his grace and his kindness as our, is going to comfort us. So we don't have to carry any anxiety, any hurt, any regret, anything from our past. He wants you to set it. You have divine permission to, to set it down. Amen. So I just wanted to help you all, and I hope I didn't go too long. And anyway, um, I'll just, let us just, we'll pray. We'll say, Heavenly Father, thank you so much, God. We just love you. We honor you, and we praise you. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that you've given us to live in our hearts that leads and guide us through our every walk, that you've already gone before us. There is nowhere we can go that you haven't already been, that you have not prepared a way. And Father, we thank you that we can hear clearly from the Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to hear you. Open our ears, open our eyes, and open our hearts that we may receive anything that you have for us, because your thoughts and plans and ways for us are good, and we want to know all of those. We thank you, we love you, and we honor you, and we praise you. We thank you for every person here. We just love you. Amen. Okay. Well, y'all have class. Good. <laughs> good stuff. Yeah. She's, that goes along with uh, what we were talking about last week as far as um, that rope that's tied to the hot air balloon that will hold you down. The weight of something may may not seem very big to me, but the longer that I hold on to it, uh, it's going to weigh me down and keep me from rising above and soaring. Um, we, we looked at chapter 40 of Isaiah last week. We basically went through the whole um, the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, not the whole book of Isaiah, 66 chapters, but verse uh, 1 through 31, and we really honed in on verse 31, but those who put their trust in the Lord, shall have renewed strength. They will mount up or soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I believe that's a promise to us uh, that will help us rise above and to soar, to ascend above circumstances and situations uh, in our lives as we place our trust uh, in the Father that he will um, give us renewed strength. That's a promise. Anybody need renewed strength as the days and the weeks go on? Amen. Even as our assignments change, um, we'd like to congratulate Pastor Hank and Pastor and Jennifer. They will be the new pastors at Ten Up Ministries in St. Albans, West Virginia. We congratulate you on that as God continues to give you the desires of your heart. He studied. He went through Bible college and He's desired to pastor, and God has opened the doors, and we're thankful um, for that. And uh, we're going to bless you in that. I know he is. Amen. 
We're going to continue on this thought of soaring above and rising above. You know, when for planes to take off and to soar, they have to accelerate to a just a high rate of speed. Have you ever flown on an airplane? And that plane has to just accelerate down the runway in order to take off and take flight. Uh, and I believe for us to rise above, for us to soar, we're going to have to understand the speed of God's favor. Does that sound interesting to any of you this morning? The speed of the favor of the Lord is what is going to help us take flight and to soar if we can get a hold of it. Today I just want to help you. I, I want to help strengthen your faith. I want to help renew your hope. And I want you to learn this morning that you can live in the favor of the Lord so that you can soar and rise above. If that's one of your desires, would you just shout amen? Even if you're at home, you can shout it out. The dog and cats won't embarrass you if you just say amen this morning uh, with your cup of coffee in your hand in your pajamas. Wouldn't we all like to be there this morning? I travel Interstate 64 from Taze Valley to Nitro for work. Everybody's shaking their heads if you don't understand and you're from another state. Uh, Interstate 64 right now is just a massive heap of um, roads that are falling apart with potholes everywhere, uh, road construction going on, traffic patterns are changing, and there is usually around 3.30 to 4 o'clock from cross lanes past the St. Albans exit, there is a traffic jam on a daily basis. Everybody's shaking their head. You've been stuck in it, haven't you? I, I, I have been avoiding it. I have learned to go over the Nitro St. Albans Bridge from Nitro down Route 60, and at the top of Cold Mountain, I shoot over Poplar, and I end up coming out by the fire station here in Taze Valley, and it's saving a lot of time. And in these days, we need to save time because time saves fuel, and fuel is expensive. <laughs> but I believe that on the highway of life, there has been a traffic jam between frustration and favor. People get frustrated in situations, relationships, jobs, frustrated in the literal traffic jam on I-64 or wherever you may get stuck, finances, just all types of things that can frustrate us. And we get in this traffic jam, and what a traffic jam is, we get stuck. We don't go anywhere. We don't soar. We don't rise above. We don't exceed uh, where we should be. Uh, at this time and junction in our lives, and we get stuck. And a lot of times, we end up taking <laughs> exits that we shouldn't take. Am I talking to anybody? And I believe that the, the fastest way between point A and point B is a straight line, but God has seen all 999 turns and twists and U-turns that I have made in life, and His plan for me, His plan for you has not changed. And if you feel stuck and you don't feel like you're rising above, if anxiety has gotten you down, if worry and concern has gotten you down, as we've said in the weeks uh, gone by, if you stay stuck and you are consumed with the past, you will be full of worry, fear, and, and just troubled. 
But if you stay stuck in looking at the future, you will be in worry and anxiety. That's why we have fullness of joy in the present. In His presence. Why? Because His presence is I am. It's right here, right now. Always helping, always guiding, always lifting. That's called the favor of God. But if we make wrong turns or exit too quickly, sometimes the GPS system will start saying to you, recalculate, 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 to get you back on the course of the favor of the Lord. Um, Florida, one of our favorite places to travel, has these new express lanes. You have to pay for them now. You don't, they're not free anymore. But there are certain parts of the highway that are express lanes where you don't have to, trucks can't get in them, uh, vans with more than two people can't get, it, it has to be one or two persons in a carpool of this express lane and you pay for it. And here's good news. There is an express lane that the favor of the Lord will put you in that you don't have to pay for because he's already bought and paid for it. Go with me to Amos. We've been in the Old Testament uh, last week, we're in the Old Testament again this week, and let me encourage you that when you read the Old Testament, don't look for anything but Jesus. And in next month, we are going to look into the book of Exodus, and all we're going to be looking for is seeing Jesus in Exodus. That will lead us right up to Easter, because he is our Exodus. Amos, the ninth chapter, verse 13, I'm going to read from the Message Bible this morning. Yes, indeed, it won't be long now. God's decree. Things are going to happen so fast it will make your head swim. One thing fast on the heels of the other. I like that. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. And everywhere you look, blessings. Blessings like wine pouring off of the mountains and the hills. And if we're in West Virginia, we can see the mountains and the hills. We should look for the wine of God, the favor of God flowing off of the mountains and the hills. Look everywhere. You can see it if you open up your eyes. What this is talking about here, and by the way, this has already happened. It, can, it began to happen on the day of Pentecost when he poured out his spirit after his death, burial, and resurrection, his ascension. He promised that the Father would send the paraclete, the helper, and he has been pouring out his spirit, and the reaper has been overtaking the harvester ever since. That's what this scripture in the King James, if you would read it, would say that the reaper is overtaking the harvester. In other words, you are reaping before you're even sowing because of the favor of the Lord. It's a paradigm shift. It's a change of your mind as you repent from old mindsets and you focus in on new mindsets. In this paradigm shift, you will hear the voice of the Lord saying, I will exceed your expectations. I believe that our expectations come from our imagination. And if I'm not using my imagination, my expectations will be very low. 
but if I will use my imaginations, my expectations will grow, and when my expectations grow, he will far exceed any expectation that you ever have. Let's say that you're just beginning this journey, you're just learning this paradigm shift, and you have low expectations, he's going to exceed your expectations. But as he exceeds your expectations, allow your imagination to have greater expectations and greater expectations. And as he out over exceed, abundantly exceeds that one expectation, begin to think greater. He will even increase your investments. And I'm not just talking financially. Thank God that he will bless our investments financially. But my, uh, my hope and my security is not in the stock market. My hope and my security is then in everything that I invest in. If that's investing in taking care of those who are less fortunate or, or working towards uh, seeing justice for the end. Whatever you are investing in, the Lord says, by the speed of his favor, he will increase your investments. Do you know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like soaring. That sounds like gliding. That sounds like getting above the clouds, resting in the arms of Jesus, the finished work of the cross, and just allowing him to teach you the unforced rhythms of grace as you glide and soar on his favor. And he will even accelerate time because in the kingdom there is no time as we would understand time. He accelerates time to fulfill his plans and purposes in people's lives. Nothing can rival the favor of the Lord. <laughs> Nothing. No one's like him. No one's great as he is. No one can reach as far as his outstretched arm is reaching. No one, nothing can rival the favor of our God. But we've, given op we've been given opportunity to have genuine relationship with the Father. But what has seemingly happened is that people have exchanged this relationship with Papa God over time and they've turned and they've chosen to revert to religious ritual and man-made ceremonies. When that happens then, they've missed the opportunity to enjoy the abundant living that comes out of relationship with the Father. Does that make sense? Um, in my relationship with my wife, I don't do things to get Lisa to love me. I know that she loves me, and because I know that she loves me and I love her, we do things for one another in this genuine relationship because of our love for one another, not to earn love from one another. If we were still trying to earn love from one another, then we had no business getting married. How's the old song go? Uh, you know, I see Lisa and Jamie in a tree. Uh, it says, I-N-G, first come love, then comes marriage. Then comes... <laughs> I rebuke that in Jesus' name. <laughs> that would be a divine uh, encounter. <laughs> I don't... We're not prophesying any Abrahams and Sarahs. We will expect grandchildren... Uh, that's that's what we'll take. <laughs> yeah, that would be a creative miracle, Lisa. She said, 
Y'all got me all frustrated and I don't even know where I'm going now. <laughs> but out of our love for one another, we have abundant living. We have joy because we have the love that was already there reciprocates us doing things for one another. It's a, this accelerated time of the favor of the Lord is without struggle. It's a time of unparalleled revelation that the Father wants to give you. Mark this down. His favor transcends time and culture. We are the children of promise just like Isaac. The promise that God made to Abraham and Sarah had to transcend time. Because she was 99 years old when she conceived. And so God transcended time to bring favor in a son of promise. And Galatians 4.28 says that as Isaac was the son of promise, born from the woman of promise, Sarah, you and I are children of God and therefore children of favor and promise of the Lord. So let me give you just a couple of tools that you can uh, that will help you on this journey of life, especially when you're stuck in the traffic jam between frustration and favor. Number one, you uh, we've got to recognize His favor. If we don't recognize it, it will never become a tool for us to use. We need to rely upon His favor. There is nothing wrong with you as the children of God walking in favor, recognizing the favor of God, relying on that favor. There are some that would try in this cultural uh, cancel culture to tell you that that's just a crutch. Well, if that's what it is, so be it, because I'm enjoying living on it. Then we realign with his favor. What that means is that's that recalculation. That is that uh, making adjustments. As things may not seem like they're going your way, you can readjust your thinking to realign with the favor of God. Most importantly, we need to rest in it. We need to learn to rest in His favor. So many are still religiously trying to earn the favor of the Lord. Whether it's redoubling their efforts to read so many scripture verses or give more or to attend church more. See, when the activity has to become more, then it becomes a struggle, and then it's not a free flow of the favor of God in your life. It, it, it's almost like you're by the sweat of your brow trying to earn. That, that time period is over. That's done away with. He fulfilled all that at the cross. This is the time of life-giving and life-changing momentum. Listen, I am not blind, you are not blind to what is going on in the world today. Whatever you may see around you does not dictate the favor of the Lord. Holy Spirit has endowed His children with favor. Go with me to Psalms 102, verse 12 and 13. But thou, O Lord shall endure forever thy remembrance unto all generations. We were singing that song about uh, you're his beloved through the generations. Thou shalt arise and have mercy 
upon Zion, that's the church, for the time to favor her, yes, the set time has come. David is writing about the favor of the Lord and prophesying that the set time of the favor of the Lord has come. And then Jesus in his physical body stands before a group of people at his first sermon in Nazareth and he declares that the time of the favor of the Lord had come and that the anointing was upon him. Do you know that he left something out of that verse from Isaiah 61 that he was quoting? He did not quote that it was the time of the vengeance of the Lord. Rather, he quoted that it was the time of the favor of the Lord. And so when Jesus showed up to finish the work for our salvation and our righteousness, the time that David was prophesying in Psalm 102 for the time of the favor, yes, the set time, came when Jesus came. Man, that ought to be shouting material for us to know that we're not waiting on the favor of the Lord. It has already come. Jesus came preaching the favor of the Lord. Jubilee, that's the favor of the Lord. He came releasing the favor of the Lord, the Father God. See, because the mindset of people had been so screwed and tainted, screwed, (laughs) skewed. (laughs) We were talking about my verbiage yesterday and struggling with getting certain words out. Skewed. Help me, Jesus. Mother lives on. And tainted that they didn't know the favor of Papa God. They saw him as judgmental. We learned last week from Romans 15 that he's a God of patience and comfort. And He, Jesus came revealing this and releasing it. Uh, let me... Give this word, it'll be on the screen. Write it down or take a picture of it. It's more than a season, it's a way of life. For so long I've heard preached, it's a season of the favor of the Lord. I like Psalm, the first chapter, it says that the tree that's planted by the river of life, whose leaves do not wither. Oh God, I felt that right there. See, the, pl- the tree planted by the rivers of life doesn't wither. You don't go through seasons where your fruit doesn't remain. <laughs> you are in the favor of the Lord, and it's not a season. It's a life. It's a way of life. I might not get done with this message. There is an intimal, intimacy, intimacy. I'm going to, I need tongue twisters to practice saying words. In this verse from Psalms 102, he said, Oh yes, the time of the favor has come. You can count on it, you can depend upon it, and you can walk in it. It's a guarantee. Let me give you another scripture. Go with me to 2 Corinthians, the 6th chapter, verse 2. I'm going to read it from the Good News Version. What What a name for a version or translation of the Bible, the Good News Hear what God says. When the time came for me to show you favor, here look, look what he did when that time came to show you favor. He heard you and he helped you. When the day arrived, he saved you. All we must do is believe and receive it. The day came, he went to the cross, 
He showed his favor on us by dying as us and for us. He heard our cry. He helped us. He saved us. Now we must believe it. We've got to change our paradigm. We've got to shift our thinking. No longer a thinking and a thought process of problems, and, but one of promise, peace, and prosperity. I keep using the word paradigm. What is that? What, what is a paradigm? It's a set of generally accepted assumptions or the vision of reality. Mark that down. A paradigm is the vision of reality through which one perceives the world. What is the reality through which you are viewing the world? What is your world view? Is your world view one of God's so mad at it that he's going to come and burn it up? And so that's what's going over, uh, that's what's going on over in Europe. Because it has to be the sign of the end of times. I say nay, nay. There's, there was much more war going on in times past. We just didn't have access to it 24-7 with CNN and Fox News and MSNBC. A paradigm is a standard accepted by an individual or a society as clear examples are modeled or a pattern of how things should work. That's what Jesus came to show us, that we could walk in the favor of the Father. Here's what I call it. I call it the already factor. Are you ready for it? You're in the, it's the already principle. It's the already factor. It's a new paradigm of faith and expectation that what we already have is going to be manifested in our lives. Good place to shout. It's accelerated favor. And it means that the long span of time between receiving and it manifesting will become subject to the fast-paced timing of God's intervention. If you've already received it, if you already have it, then he's accelerating that time for it to manifest in your life. It's where old disappointments give way to new realities. Okay, let's get scripture for it. Ephesians, the first chapter. Ephesians 1, 3. Let's look at the language here. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. My Bible says, it says it on the screen, who has past tense, blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And that actually in the original language says with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly Christ. Where are you seated? Where am I seated? I am already seated in Christ. My position is that I am hidden in Christ. And through Christ and because of Christ, I have every spiritual blessing. It's already mine. I'm not waiting on it. If I'm waiting on it, then Christ died for nothing, went to hell, the grave, was resurrected and ascended. His death was my death. Colossians says that when he got up, I got up. And when I, he ascended, I ascended. So if he's seated at the right hand of the Father, I am seated in him. And whatever God gave to Jesus is now mine. It's yours. 
You already have it. It is an already factor. In this scripture, you can see that the source of your favor is God the Father. The scope of your favor is every spiritual blessing. And the sphere of your favor is through Christ. We are wrapped in Him and seated with Him. This favor reached Joseph in a pit. Hmm. This favor rescued Daniel in a lion's den. This favor was seen in the fiery furnace. Whether you believe those are parables or literal stories that took place, they already had favor because if they didn't already have it, then it couldn't have been manifested in them. And you are no different than Joseph in the pit, Daniel in the lion's den, or the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and under the bed we go. That's the way you can remember that one. He's with you. The already factor is past tense. Here's another scripture. 2 Peter 1 verse 3. His his divine favor has granted to us all things. Not going to be granted. He has granted all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. So we've got to expect God to manifest what he's already given us. And then he will exceed your expectations. One more, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10 in the NIV. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food has also supplied and will increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Folks, favor is not fantasy. It's a reality. The the more, the longer that I live, the more that I begin to understand and accept the fact that the reality between visible and invisible is not that far away. The veil between Abundant life here and eternal life beyond the grave is a thin veil. I believe that in a blink of an eye, you can begin to see into the invisible. It's not a fantasy. It's not a fairy tale. It's a reality. And in the new covenant, because we've already been blessed with all spiritual blessings and we've already been given everything that pertains to life and godliness, there are moments that you can, when time slows down to visibility, that we can see into the unseen. We can see the invisible. Oh, you're talking mumbo jumbo. You're talking new age. No, I'm talking the reality of the kingdom of God. What you're looking for you will find. If Lisa held up an eight-ounce bottle of water and showed you, demonstrated to you, that the longer that you hold on to that, the heavier it becomes. But if you'll let it go, there's so much more freedom into that. We have to have a paradigm shift. We have to let go 
of things that we have always thought, always been taught, and things that may not match up with what a re kingdom reality actually is, if you guys will come. Is it possible that favor thought by, here's, here's the thought of favor, okay? Get a hold of this. Most people think that favor is just a brief reprieve from a frustrating experience. So you've been going through a hard time, you've had a rough day, you pray and all of a sudden you get a brief reprieve from that experience that frustrated you. So God says, oh, you've had a hard day, let me bless you. When actually that traffic jam that's got you stuck between frustration and favor can quickly go away as you soar above, as you rise above, understanding that favor is not just a brief reprieve from your frustrating experience, but it is a consistent way of life. Listen, okay, if you don't hear anything else, because I've been talking about the favor of the Lord, and you watch the news, and you're saying, there ain't no way that I can live in that, have you watched CNN this week? Having favor with God does not mean nothing goes wrong. We are highly favored, blessed, and deeply loved, but we still get wet when it rains. <laughs> we still can slip and fall on the ice. Uh, we are chosen, but sometimes our kids get sick. We are a royal priesthood and a holy nation, but sometimes we have flat tires. We don't always get the parking space nearest Walmart's entrance. We don't always get the upgrade that we want, but our lives move at the speed of his favor. Because he hath inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call upon him as long as he lives. What does that mean that he inclines his ear? It means that God is actually leaning into you. And he bends his magnificent favor towards us and moves in closer where we are so that favor is not an occasional bonus for your good behavior, but an essential part of your life. Life at the speed of favor no longer has to be hit or miss or an occasional blessing dropped down from heaven because it's more than a season. Like I said, it's a way of life. As you stand to your feet, listen to these last three or four statements that I have for you this morning. Actually, it's what the Holy Spirit has for you through our voice. This new paradigm is grace, and it gives us the power to outrun the enemy. Believe it today. <laughs> Receive it this morning. And don't remain stuck in that traffic jam of your past. Don't try to analyze where you went wrong or you made an exit too quickly. Favor is yours. Would you say that with me? Favor is mine. Now, favor is mine. This is the speed of the favor of the Lord that will help you rise and soar above. Last statement that will be on the screen. There are no speed limits in 
in the favor of God. Do you hear me? There are no speed limits with God's favor. He wants to accelerate them upon you. I believe that prophetically, if you can hear this message today and begin to walk in it, just that paradigm shift. Okay, the question may be for you here in the building and you watching, how do I make that paradigm shift? Through repentance. The kingdom of God is one mind shift away. At any time, as the Holy Spirit begins to reveal fresh revelation to you, then it's one mind shift away. Jesus did not come, help me Holy Ghost, help the hearer, preaching repentance of sin. He came to the lost house of Israel, the religious Jews, who had a religious mindset that the law was going to be what brought salvation. But Jesus came and flipped over the tables of their religious mindsets and he said, repent, change your mind. This is not the way that I'm gonna do it anymore. And he completely dismantled that system so that we could put our faith and our trust. Now faith is the substance. It's not a temple. It's not the blood on, of lambs and goats and bulls. It's not incense that's burning. It's not a visible temple. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And now faith is the substance. And by faith, we repent of old mindsets and we turn to these new revelations of the grace and the favor of the Lord. Believe me, I walk on the same planet that you walk on. I breathe the same air that you breathe. And I realize that there are battles, trials, and situations. I know what's going on in the world. And you may think, why in the world could, how could you preach a message on the favor of the Lord? Those folks sure don't look favored. You would be surprised how many of them in their mindsets believe that they are favored. I believe that because we have seen such prosperity and fruitfulness with our physical eyes, it's been difficult for us to realize the favor of God and the fruitfulness of the Spirit that we can have in our lives. And we need to open up our eyes to that and repent. Mind shift, paradigm shift of those old ways of thinking and allow Holy Spirit access to our thoughts so that we can use our imaginations and he can far exceed all of our imaginations, dreams, and visions. Don't often do this, but as the Holy Spirit leads, I try to obey and just flow in what he wants. But there needs to be some repentance this morning. And I'm not talking about being born again again or you've backslidden or fallen away from the Lord because you can't fall out of His grace. You can only fall into it. But I do believe that this morning we need some repentance of the way that we've been thinking. The way that we've thought about the Father. The way that we've thought about ourselves. We need to repent of the mindsets that I can't have the favor of God on my life because I've done this or I haven't done enough. And so as Frank plays and we meditate and allow the Holy Spirit if you want to kneel at your seat kneel at the altar stand sit walk around 
I believe there needs to be some repentance today. Even you watching us live right now, wherever you may be watching from, in your house, in your car, in a hospital room. Let's meditate now as Frank sings and we will pray together here in just a moment. We need to clarify something because I'd never want to make statements that go against what scripture says, right? And John prophesied that Jesus did come preaching the remission of sin. When I talked about Jesus not coming to, for us to repent of sin, especially the Jewish leaders, the religious leaders, their sin was unbelief. It wasn't a, a sin of murdering or adultery or the, the sin that he wanted them to repent of that he came preaching was the repentance of the sin of unbelief because they were so caught up in the religious acts and the ceremonies and they were caught up in all that the temple had to offer that they could not see Jesus for who he was and he was telling them that they needed to repent of that unbelief and a lot of times when we talk we think about repenting of sins we're saying you need to do an inventory of your life and what did you do last night what did you say last week who did you cuss out who did you cut off in line and you need to repent of all of those things I'm not saying that we don't say that we're sorry for those things but that is behavior modification that is sin management that's not what Jesus came preaching he came to the lost house of the lost sheep he said of Israel first and their sin was the sin of unbelief and so they had to repent metanoia make a mind shift a paradigm shift that what they had been caught up in for years was not how it was going that was not what was going to bring them righteousness what he was about to do see they didn't have the benefit as we do to look back and see what he accomplished they had to go by faith to see what he was about to do, that he would be the Messiah. I hope that clarifies what I was trying to stay, say because I never want to go against what Scripture says. And as you can tell, sometimes I get my words twisted up and my mouth talks faster, or my brain goes faster than my mouth can talk. And so my wife helps me and others will point out things and never want to do anything that brings... Um, any shame to the scripture um, so does that help clear that up I believe that the sin that he was talking about was the sin of unbelief All right you have anything else come on if you do okay. if I was a little confused I'm sure every, somebody else might have been because sometimes you drop these bombs I'm like Okay, what we gotta 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 clean that up a little bit. Shock and awe. She helps me sweep it up and clean it up. Uh, I love her. It is a team. I'm thankful. Well, I hope that you were encouraged today, and that something that was said will spark some thought in you. I never want to tell you how to believe or what to think, but I do want to give you information that you can process and meditate on and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what you should believe and how you should think. And I think there's freedom in that. So, the Lord has blessed you. The Lord has caused His face to shine upon you. The Lord is keeping you. 
The Lord has turned his countenance towards you and he's given you peace, favor, promise, peace and prosperity. Walk in that this week. And as you do, pray for those that have not yet received a manifestation of that because of their situations that they're going through right now. In my heart, my mind, I'm thinking of those that are in the worn, torn areas of Ukraine right now. Grace Life Church sent $500 to Samaritan's Purse this week for aid and humanitarian efforts in Ukraine. We also sent $300 to Brandon Crompton. The Cromptons attend uh, our online church and are faithful supporters of this ministry, and Brandon is now. He left law practice, and he is now a FCA director, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and Florida and we're going to support